everybody. Welcome back to the Tipsy Ghosts. We're your tipsy hosts, Sarah, Sarah, and Lindsay. Hey, guys. Hi. How's it going? Oh, it's fine. Um, Lindsay almost made me cry by getting me a cookie cake at work the other day. Aw. I did. sounds sweet. Was it very emotional? And I got a rare Boydson hug. Yeah, well, it was... Oh, my God. So... It was. It was glorious. I'm so jealous. (laughs) Thank you. Glorious. I don't think we've talked about it, but I'm moving positions uh within the facility that we work at mm-hmm. and so therefore i will not be working with Lindsay anymore and our last shift together was this week mm-hmm. she calls it moving positions i call it abandonment <laughs> but whatever <laughs> as you will know by the wording on the cookie cake i so a lot of people have been leaving healthcare. <laughs> we'll just say that so i've been getting passive aggressive cookie cakes to cope oh. every time someone leaves boydson was my fifth passive aggressive wow. cookie cake the poor lady at Target is like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> Get it together. Are you okay, man? <laughs> I am not okay. So this one just said, whatever. I'm dead inside anyway now. Oh, oh well. So she got me this <laughs> she got me this cookie cake. So sorry. <laughs> I was just gonna move on. It's it's true. Uh, she got me this cookie cake and then I was getting ready to leave and I was like, Well, this is a moment, like We'll never work together again. So I go into her office and we said our goodbyes, even though we see each other at least twice a month. <laughs> I know. That's what she keeps telling me. She's like, this was Monday night. And she's like, I will see you in three days at my house. I'm like, it's not the same. <laughs> Just isn't the same. So we had a loving embrace and it was beautiful. And Boydson is leaving my department to go work with Sarah. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it, but it's true. I know. There it is. Yeah. Boyce is just going back and forth between the two of us. <laughs> I love you both equally. <laughs> She's been fair. almost four years with me, so now it's time to go over with you. Okay. I'll take it. We're excited to have you. I can't wait. It'll be good. And you can come over to our office anytime when you're there. You are never there when I'm there. <laughs> um, Sometimes. I've seen you once or twice over there. I think it's once, but... <laughs> It's fine. <laughs> it's okay. I can make an I, effort. If I ever leave the night shift life, I will be able to see you guys. <laughs> this is literally the first time you've ever said that. I, um, I, I I'm don't, hopeful for you. I don't ever foresee myself leaving the night shift life, but who knows? What are we going to talk about tonight? I'm going to do a little short story for y'all. Entertain me. All right. <laughs> have you heard of the Wineville murders? I have not. No, I like wine. I like Ville and... <laughs> I don't like murder, but this murder has nothing to do with wine. That's just the name of the town. That is misleading <laughs> and unfortunate, but false advertising. All but right. Okay, proceed. <laughs> so this story is kind of a bit of a doozy, and it is, there is a Hollywood movie based off of it. Well, I know Ooh. what it is. I'm going to think about, I'm going to try to guess. Should I tell you now, or are you going no, to try no, 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 Okay, no. okay, okay. Game. We'll guess. All right. Everything's a game with us. You know this. Always. Okay. <laughs> and a competition. <laughs> Who's going to get it first? Not me, but I'm going to try. All right. So we are going to start out with a couple uh, key players here. And one is going to be Christine Collins. She is really the star of this story. And like, I mean that in a good way. She is not, she's not the murderer. Okay. Team Christine. Team Christine. It is okay to get attached to her. So she married an ex-convict and he was going by the name Walter J. Collins. But that was not his real name. And she did not know that he was an ex-convict, but... They got married before she found this out, and they had a son who was also named Walter. But once she found out, you know, who her husband really was, she left him and hid their son from him. So it's just her and Walter. And he was born in September 1918. Little Walter. 
Little Walter. Gotcha. Wally. Walter. Wally. Okay. Yeah. Walter disappeared on March 10th, 1928 at 10 years old. Christine had given him money to go to the cinema and he never returned home. And this is in L.A., So, of course, it makes national attention because this is a young child going missing, just like how it is nowadays, and everybody was looking for him. The L.A. Police Department followed hundreds and hundreds of leads, but nothing ever turned up. Mm -hmm. And he is white, yes. Sorry to go there, but, you know. No, I mean, it's true. Mm -hmm. Um, So, the police, of course, are facing a ton of negative publicity because of this. They're getting pressured from everywhere to solve the case, and they have zero leads. Five months pass, and no sign of Walter. Nobody knows where he is. And then all of a sudden, after five months of searching for him, Walter is found in a town called DeKalb, Illinois. So they exchanged letters and photos with Christine, and then she had to pay for him to be brought back to L.A. Single mom in the 20s, and she had to pay for her own son to be returned to her. But plot twist, as soon as they were reunited, Christine was like, this is not my son. Oh, But the police, because of all of the negative publicity, they had made this into a very public reunion. Uh And so... Gotta make themselves look good. They gotta make themselves look good. So, of course, she says, this is not my son. And the captain of the police force at that time, his name was J.J. Jones, he convinced her to, quote, try the boy out by taking him home. Ew. I hate that. (laughs) I don't like that phrase. (laughs) But he was like, well, maybe maybe it's been five months. You know, try just it out. Try it out. See if it is your son after all. Like a mother wouldn't know. Five months is really immediately. not that long to like just completely right. forget what your, your kid looks like or right. acts like. And it said like as soon as she saw him, she was like, that's not my son. Three weeks later, she comes back to the police and she's like, hey, still not my son. <laughs> <laughs> hey, remember me? <laughs> just in case you were wondering. I tried it out. I tried him. It didn't work. Yeah. I want to return. Yes. She even had dental records to back her up and lots of friends and family who all vouched for her and said, this is not Walter. And Captain Jones still accused her of being a bad mother and trying to make the police look bad. Douche. J- Jones gets worse. Ugh. He has Christine committed to the psych ward at the L.A. County Hospital under a code 12, which is basically a nowadays psych hold. But in that time, it was, quote, for someone difficult or an inconvenience. You know, <laughs> if I had the authority to, to code 12 anybody, I definitely would. We got a code 12 on our hands. <laughs> They're being difficult. They Get him out of my face. Loaded the dishwasher wrong. Can you please take my husband away? <laughs> the real question is, does it go the other way? Like if a woman thought a man was being uh, unruly, could we call a code 12 on him? Probably not. Probably not in the 20s. <laughs> exactly. No, if she tried to now. call a code 12, they would call a code 12 on her. Yes, because yes. she's obviously psycho. Because she was hysterical. That. Yes. Yes. I just think that's so funny, the phrasing, that that's actual phrasing. An inconvenience. Yeah. I'm in the hospital. Yeah. Well, that's why a lot of the first mental health patients, when we went to Glore, that's kind of yes. what they were talking about. They were just dropped off there. Yeah. Because people didn't want to take care of them. Mm-hmm. Allegedly, Jones responded to her when she said, this is still not my son. Quote, what are you trying to do? Make fools out of us all. Or are you trying to shirk your duty as a mother and have the state provide for your son? You're the most cruel hearted woman I have ever known. And he said that in court. Meanwhile, while she is, you know, in the psych hospital, (laughs) an investigation started because they were like, "Eh, let's look into this just in case. And a handwriting expert concluded that this boy is not Wally. 
You're telling me dental <laughs> records didn't work, but a handwriting dental for a 10-year-old. A 10-year-old Get handwriter. Out of here. Dental and family and friend testimony meant <laughs> nothing. But is it chicken scratch yes. of a signature? Evidence. That's it. Evidence. Doesn't work. So they, of course, talked to this not Wally. <laughs> and the boy then wrote a confession saying, quote, I am not Walter Collins. My name is Billy Fields. Oh, Billy, he just got caught in the middle. <laughs> so Jones, he goes to question Wally and found out that his name wasn't even Billy Fields. Oh. <laughs> it was Arthur Hutchins Jr. And he was 12 years old. I was going to say, is he even 10? No, he's and 12. He is not. <laughs> so he was a runaway from Iowa and gave two fake names. <laughs> Because I guess he just really didn't want to be found out. <laughs> but they were like, you're going to pretend to be somebody else anyways. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I'm just going to go with it. And what essentially happened was he was picked up by police. He was a runaway in Iowa. He was picked up by police. And they asked him if he was Walter Collins. And he was like, no. But then he said yes, because a random person that he had encountered told him that he looked like Walter. Because again, this was national news. Everybody knew what Walter looked like. Mm-hmm. And a random person was like, you kind of look like that missing kid. And the missing kid was in LA and he wanted to get to Hollywood so that he could meet his favorite actor. I mean, can you blame him? So he got a free ride to Hollywood. Christine, you know, she was still in the psych hospital during this and was finally released after 10 days. No longer an inconvenience. No longer an inconvenience because they found out the truth. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Because again, even though it's a 12 year old, a man finally vouched for her. Neat. I'm assuming that. I love 100 years ago. (laughs) It sounds like a great time. feels like it's coming back. Dental records mean nothing, but hey, this 12-year-old says he's not my son, so now you have to believe me. His handwriting proves otherwise. (laughs) His handwriting (laughs) determined that was a lie. (laughs) So Christine filed a lawsuit against the LAPD and actually won. And she won $10,800, which... Is $162,000 in our day and age. Okay. But Jones never ended up paying it. My God, weird. Mm -hmm. And she even, I think I talked about this later, but she even ended up taking it to the Supreme Court because he was still not paying it. And he still didn't pay it after that. So she never saw that money. With with no consequences. Just some more injustices that are adding up here. Okay. So now we're going to switch gears to what actually happened to Wally. We are going to go to Gordon Stewart Northcott. This is the bad guy in the story. Oh, I thought we were talking about a place. That's a no, person. No, I was like, uh, this North is a Carolina. Person. Okay. Gordon Northcott. <laughs> That's the shorthand version. <laughs> he was born in Canada, but he was not a nice person. Oh, uh, Canada can do no wrong. Well, He's ruined it. Maybe he was one of the White Walkers from out there. They're not very ooh. nice. Maybe he was originally born in the U.S. of the A. Oh, that sounds right. And then he went up to Canada, and now he they came him back. Out. Yeah. Yeah. That makes more sense. He was born in Canada and moved That's to L.A. Lie. at the age of 17. <laughs> I don't know. I need to see a record from a man. <laughs> I don't believe you. I believe that everyone from Canada is nice. <laughs> um, so he moved to L.A. at the age of 17 with his parents, and his father bought a plot of land. I almost said a pot of land. <laughs> Pot of land at the end of the rainbow. (laughs) His father bought a plot of land in Wineville, California, where he built a chicken ranch and a house. So at this time, Gordon is 19, and the year is 1926. Gordon and his dad, they bring over his 11-year-old nephew, Sanford Clark, from Canada, and uh, Northcott began to physically and sexually abuse him. 
Mm-hmm. So we're going to fast forward a couple years to August of 1928. Clark's older sister comes to visit him from Canada just to check on him, which, awesome. She is another hero of the story. Um, after a couple of days, Clark finally breaks down and tells her that he fears for his life. And so while Northcott was sleeping, Clark tells Jesse that Northcott had murdered four boys at his ranch. So she stays for a week. Wow. <laughs> and eventually returns to Canada and immediately called the American consul, who then wrote a letter to the LAPD with her sworn statement. So I'm assuming that Wineville is like right outside LA because the LAPD is involved with this too. Got it. So the LAPD, they contacted the U.S. Immigration Service first because Clark was here illegally and he was a minor. So August 31st, 1928, two Immigration Service inspectors go to visit the ranch and they took Clark into custody pretty much right away because, again, he's a minor and he's not legally in the U.S. Northcott, though, had seen the agents driving up the road and fled to the tree line along the property. And he told Clark to stall them or else he would shoot him from the tree line. So Clark stalled for two hours while Northcott fled. And finally, when Clark felt that Northcott was, like, far enough away that he wouldn't be able to shoot him, he broke down and told the agents everything. I don't understand how somebody can stall for two hours. That is an like, impressive is he doing stalling a, techniques. A song and dance. Is he like, he'll hear my magic tricks? <laughs> <laughs> for two hours. It was wow. probably knock-knock like, knock jokes. Listen, I know that you heard I'm there repeat. might be some murders happening here, but let me show you some magic tricks <laughs> first. <laughs> But boy, do I have something to show you. (laughs) I can pull a rabbit out of my hat. We just have to find the rabbit first. (laughs) Somewhere on this farm. Let's go look everywhere. (laughs) So he tells the agents everything. But by that time, of course, Northcott is gone. And he fled with his mother. His name was Sarah with an H. (laughs) It's the only way to spell it. (laughs) She's not nice either, though. Oh, well. Sorry. She doesn't deserve the H. (laughs) She doesn't deserve the H. So they flee to Canada. But they were arrested uh, right near Vernon, British Columbia on September 19th, 1928. So they were gone about two weeks. Clark testified that Northcott had kidnapped, molested, beaten, and killed three young boys with the help of his mother. Clark also testified about the murder of a fourth young man who was an immigrant from Mexico. And Northcott had forced Clark to help dispose of the victim's body and skull. So... Just to make that clear, the guy was decapitated. Um, (laughs) You're welcome. And he said that all of the bodies were buried on the ranch. They just had to find them. So authorities go back to the ranch and start digging, and they find three shallow graves exactly where Clark said that they were, but they could only find parts of bodies. So during the testimony, it was discovered that the bodies had all been dug back up by Northcott and Sarah on August 4th about three weeks before the immigration police got there. they The only thing I can find or that I can think of is that Northcott probably suspected that Clark told Jesse something because after she left is when he did this. So they had taken the bodies to a deserted area and burned them. So the complete bodies were actually never recovered, which is why they only found parts. They found 51 parts of human anatomy. Quote, those silent bits of evidence of human bones and blood have spoken and corroborated the testimony of the living witnesses. Authorities concluded that Walter Collins was one of the bodies that was found, along with two brothers named Lewis and Nelson Winslow, who were aged 12 and 10. And then the unidentified fourth victim, which, again, they believe was the immigrant from Mexico. So Northcott's mother, Sarah, she confessed that she participated in the murder of Walter Collins as being one of the victims and was sentenced to life imprisonment without trial. Like they just sentenced her. Interesting. But they did. Of course they did. They spared her the death sentence because she was a woman. Back then, women could kill people, but not be bad enough to get the death sentence. I don't know. (laughs) 
Um, but huh. she actually begged to be executed if they would spare her son because he was looking at the death sentence. So she's like, kill me instead. Kill me instead. I'm like, you both killed people. <laughs> like, why not execute you both? <sighs> so the state did not prosecute Gordon or Northcott, sorry, for Walter's murder because his mother had already been sentenced for it. But they did bring him to trial for murders of the other three bodies that were found and he was convicted. It was speculated that he had killed as many as 20 young boys, but they could not find enough evidence to support this because they burned a bunch of the bodies. So February 13th, 1929, he was found guilty and sentenced to death. He denied killing Walter Collins, um, and his mother attempted to recant her confession several times and would give inconsistent statements later. They are not sure if she was doing this because she was trying to save him, save her, what have you. So she got life imprisonment, but then was paroled in 1940 after only 12 years and died in 1944 shortly after. So Christine, back to Christine, super mom. She chose to believe that her son was still alive despite all of this. She thought that because Northcott was insane, which he was not found insane, but that was her own reasoning, basically. And because he never confessed to killing Walter and did not even seem to remember Walter. Also, because Sarah, the mother, kept changing her mind, she thought... Maybe they're just confused and he is still alive. So she actually received permission to interview Northcott right before his execution. At this point, he had been brought from Canada back to California to be executed. And he wrote to her and told her that he would tell her the truth about her son. So she went to visit him literally a few hours before his execution was to begin. But when she arrived, he said, quote, I don't want to see you. I don't know anything about it. I am innocent. Okay. Which, like, I can't imagine how heartbreaking that must have been to finally think you're going to get answers. And then he says, no, never mind. I'm not going to tell you anything. And he's executed a couple hours later. Right. Mm -hmm. So a news account said, quote, the distraught woman was outraged by Northcott's conduct, but was also comforted by it. Northcott's ambiguous replies and his seeming refusal to remember such details as Walter's clothing and the color of his eyes gave her continued hope that her son still lived. So he was hanged on October 2nd, 1930 at the San Quentin State Prison and was 23 years old at the time. Another boy had been found who Northcott had abducted and molested but had gotten away. And so they, again, thought maybe Walter was still alive. Maybe he was one of those boys. So she uh, searched for him for the rest of her life uh, but died in 1964 and was buried in L.A. And no sign of Walter has ever been found. She also, like I said, attempted to collect the money owed by the LAPD and, you know, Jones, but never did, even taking it to the Supreme Court in 1941 and still never paid it. And the city of Wineville ended up changing its name to Mira Loma on November 1st, 1930, largely because of the negative publicity around the murders. Clark returned to Canada, where he died of old age in 1991. Wow. Interesting. Any guesses on a movie? I was trying to think about it. You go first. It's got a very famous person in it as Christine. Um, no, I have no idea. I just, it sounds familiar. The premise of like, woman loses her son, mm-hmm. like he goes, mis- goes missing, and then it's not the right one that comes back. So that sounds familiar, but nothing else did. The Changeling with Angelina Jolie. Never heard of it. Never seen it. It is a very good movie. Um, she does a phenomenal job of it, and it's kind of the same premise where the son is returned to her and she's like the whole movie is like, this is not my son. And it just shows how the police don't believe her. And they treat her like a hysterical woman and hmm. all of this. So it's a true story. And it's a very sad story. Yes. Okay. So that is the story of how 
it's sad, but she searched for her son her whole life. Yeah. And he was more than likely, like, even now they're like, he was one of the victims. Oh, man. She that reminds me hook. of, like, a, a local story that just kind of came back into the news because a mom who's kind of elderly now has been looking for her son for years, Randy Leach. Randy Leach went missing 35 years ago from Kansas City. Nothing, no trace of anything. Like no leads? Nope. Car, gone. He's mm. gone. No, Nobody ever knew what happened. And his mom was just in the news again, like begging for answers. She Aww. said his dad died last year. So she's like, I know he's, you know, he knows where Randy is, but I don't. And I'm still alive and I want answers. So anyhow, that just reminded me of that story and Aww. just the heartbreak of a mom trying to look for her kid. It's sad. It's very sad. So that is the story of Christine, who is a badass mom. Yeah. And the Wineville murders. And the mean people from Canada. Man, women have had it rough. They have. Jeez. (laughs) Sorry to be an inconvenience. I'll go (laughs) check myself into the psych hospital for 10 days, okay? (laughs) We're just going to put you there. We're just going to drop you off. (laughs) We're just going to drop you off. Single mom. They're all full. (laughs) There's lots of inconvenient women in this world. Like from American Horror Story, Asylum. There's something that full of women who were just an inconvenience to everybody. All right, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in this week to our short story about a true crime. You can always catch us at thetipsyghost.com and find our socials from there. Yes, I know I said that weird. (laughs) (laughs) It was reanimated. You're both laughing at me. (laughs) I tried not to. A true crime. (laughs) It's a true crime. (laughs) Uh, please give us a five-star rating and a great review anywhere you listen to podcasts. We really appreciate it, and it really does help. All right, guys. We will catch you next week. Okay, bye. Bye. bye.